Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself, and on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast, but before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. So this podcast is sponsored by our friends at Paleo Valley. And they have a great new product that I've been taking every morning called Neuro Effect. And it is a neuro-supportive blend of eight full-spectrum mushroom extracts and something called Neurofactor, which is whole coffee fruit extract. You guys, I'm a huge fan of medicinal mushrooms. I take them to support my immune system and my brain health. But virtually every mushroom product on the market is not really mushrooms. It's actually just a part of the mushroom. It's called the mycelium, and they actually grow it on grain. The grain can actually cause gut irritation and interfere with your body's absorption of the little mushrooms that they've got included in it. Now, Paleo Valley's Neuro Effect actually contains a blend of eight whole mushrooms. They're not grown on grain, so you get the entire mushroom instead of just a piece of it. The product is greater than 26% beta-glucans, which are the medicinal elements of a mushroom. Now, let's compare this to coffee. One of the ways that coffee works to increase your focus and energy is by modulating your body's secretion of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF. If you've listened to this podcast for any period of time, you've heard me talk about BDNF. It is a protein associated with learning and memory. It also protects your current brain cells, and it encourages the growth of new ones. That's why it's no surprise it has the nickname Miracle Grow for the Brain. But we all know that coffee also can have negative side effects like crashes in the afternoon, stained teeth, dehydration, headaches, addictive properties. I mean, you guys know this. And that's why we went looking for a different way to increase your BDNF without those negative side effects. And that is how Paleo Valley came across organic coffee fruit. In just 60 minutes, it works 4.3 times better than coffee at boosting your natural production of BDNF. Plus, it only contains 2 milligrams of caffeine, which is similar to the amount you'd find in a single square of chocolate. So this means no crash or feeling like you need another cup of coffee a few hours later. Just clean energy without the jitters. Now, it's also rich in beta-glucans. They are naturally occurring polysaccharides, and they're like the fountain of youth for your brain. They also support your immune system. Beta-glucans are one of the best things to support your immune system. A 2012 review on products containing beta-glucans found that they can help to naturally increase your energy reduce confusion, boost mood, improve recall and memory, and increase vigor. 
numerous prestigious universities like Brown, Cornell, and Harvard have all heavily researched the power of beta-glucans. And thanks to the dedicated research that's occurred over the last 50 years, we know that they can stimulate the production of BDNF. So you get beta-glucans. You also get the organic coffee fruit in this, as well as many other properties that are in things like lion's mane, reishi mushroom, turkey tail mushroom, cordyceps. You know, guys, I'm huge. I'm a huge fan of these kinds of herbs and mushrooms, and I think you guys will get a lot out of this. So go ahead, check out Paleo Valley. It's NeuroEffect. Use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to save 15% off. So this interview is a part of a series I did called the Fasting Transformation Summit. And in this summit, I interviewed the top experts in the world when it comes to intermittent and extended fasting and autophagy and self-healing. Now, these interviews were originally done in 2019, but the information is extremely relevant today. And this expert, as you will see, really has a great knowledge of this topic and will give you guys so much value. Now, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review, your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives with this podcast. And take a moment and subscribe to our channel. That way you get instant notification every time we put up a new podcast. Thanks so much for doing that. And I'm honored to share this information with you guys. Welcome, welcome to the Transformational Fasting Summit, uncovering the most ancient, inexpensive, powerful tool known to mankind is fasting. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Gezagoli. Join with me is an exciting time. I'm gonna be interviewing Dr. David Jockers, who's an expert not only in keto, not only in fasting, but a visionary in natural healthcare. The founder of Exodus Clinic here in greater Atlanta, Georgia, very good friend of mine. He's done an amazing job developing products online, educating, he is truly truly the innovator and educator of the 21st century natural healthcare. David, thank you so much for joining me today. What a pleasure. And you know, as we're going through this entire fasting summit, what really excites me as a practitioner and being in healthcare for over 25 years, such a simple tool, a simple tool, fasting. Is that even yeah. possible? It can, I, I believe, you know, and I, I tell people this all the time, hey, it's the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy you can do. You don't need any money. It's amazing. It. It's amazing how inexpensive it is in ancient. But, but let's get really down to the nitty gritty here, because yeah. I think it's important that we educate those that are joining us for the uh, Transformational Fasting Summit. What exactly is fasting and what options are there in the fasting world for our viewers? Yeah, for sure. So basically to define fasting, it's just going without food. It's just restricting yourself without food. Now, when, when it comes into the fasting world, it's like, okay, how long do we go without food? And so what researchers actually say is that going in a sense for a period of time, 12 hours or beyond in particular, and especially if we get through a full day, they actually say it's when you get 25% or less of the calories that your body needs, okay? So 25% or less, 
when it's like a 50 to 75% calorie load, that's more of what we call a calorie restricted diet, but not technically fasting. So 25% or less of our calorie needs would roughly be that around 400 25%, right? So let's get into yeah. the numbers then. What would that mean for the layperson? Yeah, it's going to be like 400 to 600 calories right. in a day. Now, um, as we get into the fasting world, there's a lot of people that are really strong proponents of water-only fasting, okay? And that has incredible benefits to it. In fact, I think it has the best, the highest level of benefits. But, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody. There's lots of different fasting options that people can do. Um, for example, like bone broth fasting, which is incredible for the gut. Uh, you provide all this collagen, amino acids, you provide electrolytes, all kinds of stuff. And really using bone broth or something like that can really help somebody get through a fast. And they're going to consume some calories. And, but and it's going to be... And bone broth has definitely been heavily researched, as we know. Yeah. It has lots of nutrients as well. True. And you and I are both big believers in that. Um, but you know what's really interesting is that as we're talking about the different types of fasts and the options out there, there there's a... There's, um, a lot of different practitioners all over the place, and one size doesn't fit all. So let's get right into um, the different types of options out there for fasting, because I think that's one of the key areas that there's confusion on. Um, yeah. What are the different options? Yeah, well, first, what I want to do is kind of really break down fasting and, and into a daily schedule, like a fasting lifestyle into a daily schedule and into, let's say, like a weekly schedule. So uh, there's, there's something called time-restricted feeding. So we've heard this term intermittent fasting. And really all fasting is intermittent because we eat, you know, before we start the fast, we eat after the fast. But when we, we talk about it in like a one to two day period, we call that time-restricted feeding. Extended fasting is after 48 hours. So once we go through a kind of a 48-hour period with less than 25% of our calorie needs, then we move into kind of this extended fasting um, area, right? So that's that's when we hit the extended fast. So within that 48-hour period, there's a whole bunch of different options for time-restricted or intermittent fasting. So we can do things like, for example, I always tell people the best way to start fasting is a 12-hour simple fast. And I call it the simple fast because it really is simple. It's like you finish dinner at 6 p.m., you don't eat anything with calories until 6 a.m. the next morning. Okay, it's pretty simple to do. Um, in fact, very simple. I like that. Yeah, the exactly. In fact, exactly. In fact, I've got twin three-year-olds, and um, you know, they they we finish our dinner at 6 p.m. Uh, every night, and basically they're not eating until usually like 8:30 the next morning. So they're doing this or just sleeping overnight. So it's really something that all of us can do. Now, beyond that. Once we start pushing it out to, let's say, 14 hours, I call that the brunch fast, okay? Because it's kind of like pushing out your breakfast or eating dinner a little earlier. Just an to, extra two hours. So we an call extra it the brunch two fast, hours. about 14, 14 yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. Right? Once we get into 16 hours, I call that the strong fast. It's kind of 16 to 18 hour window. There's a lot of people I talk about that 16, 8, okay? And when we're looking at eating versus fasting, I call the eating window, which is the time between our first meal and our last meal, that's called the building window, right? It's eating, feeding, or building window. So it's characterized by hormones like insulin, which basically help our body store and build. And so if we eat, let's say, at 10 a.m., okay, and then we finish eating at 6 p.m., that's an eight-hour building window. Now, the time between our last meal, in this example, it's 6 p.m., and then our first meal the next day, which would be 10 a.m. the next day, that's a 16-hour window. 
I call that the cleansing or fasting window because when we fast, it helps our body cleanse. It helps our body to regenerate new healthy cells and we'll talk about all those benefits. So 16-8 would be basically a 16-hour cleansing window and an eight-hour building window. Now, so we look at that 16-8, which there's many practitioners know the benefits behind that. Um, but the beautiful thing about the 16-8 is that once you work way into it, as you were saying, 12, 14, which is a brunt, 12 is simple, 14 is the brunch fast, and yep. 16 is the power where you really get into that intracellular cleansing. Yeah. And also there, there requires some discipline there. Yeah. Um, as we're getting into longer fast, which we talked about 24 hours, even 48, and, and longer, even water fast. Getting into that 16-8 window, um, there's been some research behind that as well. What have you found with your patients and clients getting to the 16? Is, is it a difficult task for you consistency? Know, it, it's really not difficult. So uh, I always tell people fasting is like exercise. So the first time you go out, if, if you're sedentary and you are detrained, okay? I, I know you just came off a foot injury, right? So the first time you exercise as you are you know, coming off an injury like that, you're gonna be sore the next day. It's gonna be uncomfortable because your body's detrained. As opposed to, you know, if once you start training on a regular basis, okay, you develop a level of fitness that yeah. makes training more enjoyable it's a great and example. comfortable. It's a great example. It actually, it's perfect because I'm coming off a 14-week injury and yes. I've not worked out. And it's really interesting to get in really great shape takes a long period of time and to lose getting in shape is very quick. So yeah, exactly. the nice thing about that, I managed to maintain uh, my, my weight and, and my fitness by intermittent fasting. So everything yes. you're talking about, yeah. I've had the personal benefits, so I'm a big believer in it. But you know, no two individuals are created equal. So there's many different areas, and that's why I like the way you're breaking this down, the simple, the brunch, and going right into the yeah, power of the yeah, 16. Yeah, exactly, and I'll keep going with that. But basically, I say you, know, you, gotta, you gotta strengthen your fasting muscle. So the first time you try, let's say you're, you're used to doing a 12-hour fast and you wanna push it up to 14, expect yourself to be a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay, okay? Now, the, the good thing is this, and you're normally gonna get a hunger wave, okay? And that's actually a normal physiological process. There's a hormone in our stomach that, that gets secreted from our stomach called ghrelin. And it gets secreted when our stomach is empty, number one, and number two, it gets secreted, it's conditions, a condition response. What that means is well, if we're used to eating breakfast at 8 a.m., we should expect to feel hunger at 8 a.m. That's because of this hormone ghrelin. Now, what we can do to suppress it is basically drink water. I tell people drink eight to 16 ounces of water, wait about five minutes and see if you're still hungry. You drink that water, your stomach expands, ghrelin, uh, the ghrelin secretion stops and, and you get kind of this hormone optimization that starts to take place. And tr typically, you don't even feel hungry, right? You actually feel well Ghrelin satiated. Is such an important yeah. hormone because it's sending a message to the hypothalamus and society. So I, I agree with you. And the research that yeah. I've done through my studies that the lowest amount of ghrelin is in the morning. So we're conditioned to eat as much as we can. And of course, there's many times where you can fast. You can not eat all day and have your first meal yeah. Five, six, every right. different windows. The point I'm trying to make is the highest amount of ghrelin is probably 8 p.m. at night, which is where you see some of those people. So you're right. It's based on education. 
great strategy with the with the water. Uh, obviously, you and I both believe in having filtered water with good minerals, of course. Yeah. As we're seeing a lot of problems with the environmental contaminants. Yeah. And these endocrine disruptors that we're seeing from chemicals, of course. Um, uh, from your viewpoint and your research, uh, can we add something to the water? Such yeah, we, as we lemon, certainly absolutely, absolutely, we certainly can, right? And I always tell people. Yeah, they ask me, what type of fast should I do? Should I do a water-only fast? Should I do water and salt fast? I typically recommend a water and salt fast, okay? However, you can do things like lemon or lime, which have very little calories. They also provide vitamin C, bioflavonoids, which actually help increase oxygen permeability into the cells. They, they improve the capillary permeability, get more oxygen releasing. You could even do, you know, you can flavor it up. There's like stevia drops that you can put in that don't have any calories, and you're gonna get a great impact with that. It's I've, A lot of people find that they can drink more water Right, they can they can stomach more water when it's a little bit sweet. So that really I think it's helps. Important. I'm, I'm so glad you're saying that, Dr. David, because a, a lot of our viewers today could be very health conscious, or if you're not health conscious, that's okay. We know that our everybody's taste buds different. And before we started filming this, uh, Dr. Jocker and I were talking about his son, who basically uh, has been on a restrictive diet, mm -hmm. and his taste buds have changed. So I want to yeah. really get into the taste buds for just a moment here, because this is a big, big part of exercising that fasting muscle, as yeah. we call it, because yeah. we are dictated by our taste buds. A lot of times individuals say, well, I need to have something sweet, and how can I just have plain water? That's why a lot of individuals don't drink water. Yeah. So how long does it typically take for those taste buds to really become educated? And yeah, it can take two to four weeks sometimes, right? Um, and, and the goal is to just get started, you know, and, and honestly, the more that you start drinking water at times where you would normally feel hungry if you're trying to fast, you start to develop uh, a natural desire for water. In our hypothalamus, which is basically like the big antenna of the body that's trying to adapt us to the needs of the environment, the hunger center and the thirst center are right next to each other. Whenever we go for food, the act of eating itself is, stimulates dopamine. Okay, and dopamine is the same neurotransmitter that we secrete in a sense, we create an addiction for any sort of narcotic, any sort of addictive uh, activity. And so eating naturally stimulates an addiction. And that's actually a good thing because we need to eat to live, right? And we wanna, we wanna feel good and it's pleasurable Absolutely. to eat. Absolutely, dopamine is one How, of those neurotransmitters, the feel-good neurotransmitter. That's and, right. And you can get into that area where there could be some deficiencies in the body and it does take discipline and patience, as Dr. David just said, two to four weeks. And you know, when you take a look at all the health benefits, we're, we're gonna get into our, our next topic on some of the uh, amazing health benefits from fasting. But we also have to talk about some of these neurotransmitters. And I think it's important yeah. for our viewers to understand that there's a lot of different activities going on to the body, a lot of communication of going yeah. on. And it's so important to understand how the hunger with the grelin and how we can um, curtail that just by having the waters you mentioned. Uh, any other strategies? Yeah, so just going back to what I was saying, so we secrete this dopamine, which creates kind of this addiction to eating, okay? Now, in the hypothalamus, our hunger center and our thirst center are right next to each other. And so oftentimes, we actually, the part of the nervous system that controls thirst gets blunted, and we actually get neuro, uh, neurogenesis of the hunger center moving into that area. So we're really thirsty, but we're experiencing it as, I'm hungry. 
And so our body's dehydrated, it's crying out for water, but we think, I wanna eat something. I wanna, I wanna eat some potato chips, or I wanna eat bread, I wanna eat, you know, maybe we're healthy eater, I wanna eat fruits or vegetables, or something like that. We really need the water, and oftentimes we need the electrolytes. You know, we're bioelectric beings, meaning that we can conduct incredible amounts of energy. In fact, I tell people all the time, we don't eat for energy. We eat for adaptation and recovery. You drink and you take in electrolytes for energy. Our nervous system is what creates the energy. And so basically all we need is water and electrolytes in order to do that. And so as we transition into talking about fasting strategies, again, we can do like a daily fasting strategy where it's like a 16-8 or an 18-6 or maybe even like a 24 where we eat our food in a four-hour eating window. And there's also you know, a lot of people who do something called OMAD or one meal a day, where it's just consuming one meal a day. And typically I tell people if you're doing that, it's probably best to do it around the same time of day each day, because that's when Keep you're gonna naturally so get the hunger. That. Yeah, and it's easier, right? Um, you're, it's easier to be more compliant because your body's naturally gonna have this big hunger wave at that particular time. So consuming your meal during that period of time is great. And a lot of people think, well, how can I possibly get the amount of calories I need in one meal? But what's cool is when we fast, we create what's called metabolic flexibility, where it's this uh, ability to meet all of our metabolic needs and to be able to shift between burning sugar for fuel, burning fat for fuel, and we create this energy efficiency where we're really efficient with how we use our energy. And so normally I tell people, okay, when you're fasting, when you do eat in your eating window, whatever it is, a 16-8, if you're eating in eight hours, if you're only eating one meal a day, eat until you are fully satiated. Like you should really feel full and well satiated. Now, not to the point of like bloating and you've got to throw up. Uh, that's not healthy for anybody, but you should feel really satiated. Um, you should not feel hungry after that. And, yeah, and that's, that's that when you know great, you're getting. That is a great point. And that's yeah. what's so exciting about the uh, Fasting Transformational Summit is that if you're joining us and you're listening to the expert, Dr. David Jockers, and, and now you're starting to pique your interest, most anybody can do fasting and benefit from today. So we're gonna talk about how fasting works to improve your health. But before I ask Dr. Jockers that question, I wanna I want to get back to what you said, which is powerful, that we are electrical beings and that we need that conduction. And the goal here is how do we create energy? There's many ways to create energy. And it goes back to biochemistry that I learned in medical school. It talks about gluconeogenesis. We can create all this energy when you give the body the right fuel. But the key, as Dr. David said, are these electrolytes and minerals. We're made with over two thirds of water, H2O. And we have to understand that we need that electrical conduction through trace minerals, which is about 4% of our body is minerals. Minerals are the spark plugs of life. So I wanna get back into the water and how we have to yeah. hydrate. Great strategy. I know everybody talks about drink water, drink water, drink water, but how do you really do that? And one of the key areas is that we've heard in our society by the medical community, uh, especially a lot of uh, the American Heart Association, and you've heard all other uh, medical organizations talk about that salt's bad, they're demonizing salt. Now you and I know that sodium is critically important. Now, too much of the wrong sodium is not good because it's affecting the sodium-potassium uh, balance, and we know that there is a, a balance there. But I, I want to get stay on this focus with hydration and what do we put in there when it comes to the electrolytes? 
Well, just in general, I mean, just really good, clean water, I, I would say, that's where you want to start. Now, electrolytes can be helpful. There's a lot of people when they start fasting, especially if they're trying to do an extended fast or fast beyond their comfort zone, okay, they, they can start to feel dizzy. They can uh, sometimes feel not, have, have nausea or headaches, okay? And this is, again, it's all normal, it's okay, it's okay to feel uncomfortable. A little bit of electrolytes, like taking some pink Himalayan salt or Redmond's Real Salt or good quality salt, putting it on your tongue just a little bit and then drinking some water can help reset the system. And a lot of people will notice immediately that they feel a lot better when they do that. So we don't need a whole lot. It's not like we need to take spoonfuls. Just a pinch, just a pinch, right? Just a pinch. Just, a pinch. It's just like Dr. David said, is that, you know, we're not talking about salt that you're, you're, you're getting um, that is inorganic, devitalized, that, that is actually burned. We're talking about Himalayan, good sea salt. Um, there's some good salts from Utah, the red salt, just a pinch yeah. in there. It makes a huge difference because there are, are abundance of trace minerals that we're getting from good, healthy soil, which is important to understand. Yeah. So, so Dr. David, I want to get right back into um, how does fasting work, really work, to improve the health. And I'm talking at the physiological and the cellular level. Yeah, exactly. Well, basically our body, it's just kind of like in our house, we've got to be able to take out the trash, okay? We can't just you know put stuff in the trash can and allow it to accumulate. I mean, in my house, I've got three little kids all in diapers. So those diaper pails, they fill up quickly. And if I didn't I take the trash days, out, and I'm really, I, really glad that you're experiencing. This, I literally take the trash out well. every single day. And you know, if I'm out of town for a few days, my wife, our nanny, they don't always take out the trash. And I come back, and it's like building up in there, and it stinks. Accumulating. Exactly. And so that's pretty much what happens when we fast. It's like basically we start to take out cellular trash, cellular debris. And we actually can use a lot of the cellular debris to rebuild new healthy cells. So it actually stimulates these genetic healing mechanisms, helps reset and optimize our hormones. And hormones are critical messengers that, that govern how the body is working. And uh, it's just a really, really powerful thing. We create more efficiency with our energy. You know, the first law of thermodynamics talks about energy efficiency. And so when we have got all this energy that's going into digestion, most people don't realize this, when we digest food, it is extremely energy demanding to be able to digest the food that we're eating. And so when we free that up, it allows us to have all this extra energy to heal. I mean, think about it from a business perspective. It's like, if you make $1,000 this week, but your overhead is $950, you made a $50 net profit. So if you're able to still make the same 1,000, okay, but drop your overhead by, let's say, you know, 80% or something, let's say we drop the overhead to $200. You're now very, we've got an $800 profit right there. That's really what fasting does. It drops our energy overhead, which allows us to have this surplus of energy that we can then use for all these other things, like healing and repairing cells, okay? We've got all these different cells that are just throughout from stress and our environment and our exposure to different things, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food that we eat, they're going to get damaged. And we're going to have DNA damage. We're going to have mitochondrial damage. We're going to have cell membrane damage. And so when our body has the energy freed up to go in and start to repair that, it gives us, in a sense, like a whole fresh new start. So it's just like we all enjoy the feeling after we get out of a shower because we've cleaned off 
the dirt and dander from the day. Okay, it's kind of the same thing when we're fasting, we're actually, it's like showering ourselves. Okay, we're actually showering off all this metabolic damage and rebuilding new, healthy, stronger cells. So a great cells. way to look at that as you're explaining this, one of the benefits of fasting is that we're, we're resting our digestive system, which takes a tremendous amount of energy a lot of things are happening when you digest. You're releasing hydrochloric acid. You're releasing all of these great uh, enzymes, amylase, um, protease, lipase, and there's just so many different enzymes. We have enzymes are our catalyst, and we need these enzymes. So we're resting that. And just a great, great analogy used there to, to rest and replenish. And the body has an intrinsic mechanism uh, that we call apoptosis, that we're cleaning up that cellular debris and, and the body's getting rid of it as morbid matter. And what happens is we don't have that opportunity, chronic disease sets in. Yeah. So this is why this is a great strategy. This is not a great strategy only to lose weight, which we know, and we'll talk a little bit about that because of the hormone insulin, these receptors, but it's, it's a strategy that if you start to use regularly your cells are gonna be healthier, they're gonna communicate better because we have trillions of cells. Actually, yeah. some scientists reporting 100 trillion cells. So we're just a bunch of cells, David. I, you, know, yeah. you and I are having yeah. a, a cellular talk right now. And this is what I love about uh, the way you teach is that you're breaking it down to simplicity. Um, what other areas of, of health have you seen uh, benefit in fasting besides that well, cell? Well, you know, obviously it all starts with the cell, but you know, if we're talking about benefits, you know, the first benefit I like to start with is it enhances fat burning. And so when people think about fat burning, they naturally think about weight loss. And if you are looking to lose weight, fasting is one of the best strategies, applying different fasting strategies. A lot of times my patients that want to lose weight, I'll, I'll transition them or we'll work gradually up to this. But I like to get them doing something like, a, like an alternative day fasting strategy where they're kind of consuming food every other day, right? They find that they feel really good doing almost like a 24-hour fast each day. There's a lot of people that have lost over 100 pounds and have been able to keep it off doing things like, um, like a one meal a day strategy, okay? So fat burning is key. Now, I'm somebody here sitting in front of you where I've never once in my life ever wanted to lose weight. My whole entire life, including now, I would love to add additional add five that. to 10 pounds of muscle. And so if I'm trying to, if I want to add five to 10 pounds of muscle, if that's one of my health goals, why would I be like leading this whole summit on fasting and be practicing this on a, on a regular it's, basis? It sounds counterintuitive. Sounds counterintuitive, right? Let's get into the science But now. yeah, so here's the cool thing. When my body becomes a fat burner, it actually helps stimulate certain anabolic pathways that preserve lean body tissue, okay? And we'll talk about like human growth hormone, for example. This hormone comes out when we're fasting and it actually tells the body, preserve lean body tissue. I wanna preserve my muscle mass. And you think about it from an ancestral standpoint, our ancestors didn't have refrigerators and pantries. So they had to go out, hunt or forage for food. And there were times where, you know, they didn't, you know, for whatever reason, the harvest didn't come up that year. They were in a time of famine. They didn't hunt successfully for days at a time, sometimes even weeks at a time. If they got weaker during that period of time, they would die off. And so we have this natural adaptation that took place where the body preserved lean body tissue. It became more efficient with its energy. It got better at taking body fat and using it for energy. And body fat really, our own body fat and the fat that we consume when we do eat, is amazing fuel. And when we 
basically are using fat for fuel, we produce this incredible bioenergetic molecule called ketones. And ketones per, basically produce 14 to 18 times more energy than a molecule of glucose, okay, which is sugar. Uh, and it's just a more efficient way much to more burn efficient. fuel yeah. and how the and body's less, creating those ketone that's bodies. Right, less metabolic waste. So basically, we want our body to be fat adapted. We want our body to be very good at using fat for fuel and fasting really can help us with that. I like the way that we're talking and you're discussing this adaptation. Once again, one size doesn't fit all. There's so many different programs you're gonna benefit from, but the human body adapts to certain austere environments and, and survive. This is how we've survived all these years and how God has created us in such a unique way that the body can heal itself at the cellular level and take energy. And what's happened in our society, especially in the United States, okay? And I know that this summit's gonna reach worldwide, which is fantastic. But the, I wanna stick in the United States that obesity is an epidemic right now. And you mentioned about this 24-hour alternative um, days of fasting, which yeah. is a great strategy. And I wanna just throw in there, use the word human growth hormone. Yeah. And human growth hormone is the master hormone from the pituitary. It's almost like I use the example, it's a conductor of a symphony. If you've ever been to a symphony and you've got this conductor and you're watching him or her behind the scenes, without that conductor, you don't have a symphony anymore. And this is what's amazing about the pituitary releasing growth hormone. And research has shown within a 24 hour period that human growth hormone production increases three, four, even 500% of what the body's capable. We're not talking about getting it from an exogenous source, whether it's injection or even using amino acids, which I'm okay with using the amino acids, arginine yeah. and lysine, ornithine, but the body itself actually releases this human growth hormone, not only developing more lean muscle tissue, getting stronger, and that's where the fasting comes in, which is exactly what you're talking about and building that lean muscle tissue. That's yeah. exciting at a scientific physiological level. And that's why we believe, we believe, both myself and Dr. Jockers, that fasting is a great strategy uh, for losing weight. Not because you're not eating, it's because what's happening behind the scenes at cellular yeah. level. Because there's a lot of physicians out there saying, oh, yeah, if you, if you stop eating, but once you go back to eating normal again, you're gonna gain more weight, right, okay? Right. And we're not saying to go back, and we can argue about what's normal, okay? Eating donuts and Twinkies and bagels is not normal, okay? What we're talking about is really a lifestyle, okay? Yeah. This is a life, this is not a fad. If you're joining us for the Transformational Fasting Summit, this is not a fad, this is a lifestyle. And you know, Dr. Jockers, I wanna get back into the, the, the question we're discussing here, improving our health with fasting. What, what other areas have you seen in your research how we're gonna improve our health? Yeah, well, so we talked about fat burning, okay? So that's the first thing I start with. Number two is energy levels, right? Well, we're, I talked about how we start producing these ketones and they produce more energy. So we get more energy efficient, which means that we just feel more energetic throughout the day. In fact, when you're fasting, you get a rise in norepinephrine, right? Which is a uh, excitatory neurotransmitter or a stress hormone that helps you with better mental acuity, better memory, better cognitive function. And so sometimes it gets a bad rap because people are like, well, you don't want to over-release these stress hormones, okay? When you're fasting, it's particularly when you're adapted to fasting, you secrete the right amount at the right time. You just feel mentally sharp, you feel energetic, okay? And so you just become more efficient overall from an energy perspective. It's like, you know, when you're eating all the time, 
it's like you're getting, let's say, 15 miles per gallon. And, you know, it's like you've got a, a vehicle that gets very low gas mileage. It's constantly needing to be filled up. And it's producing a lot of carbon emissions, as opposed to that, what we call, on a cellular level, we call the carbon emissions metabolic waste. When we are fasting or living a fasting lifestyle, because it's not like we're fasting all the time. We're, we're going to eat and we're going to eat well. And in fact, I don't recommend intentionally restricting calories, like thinking through, well, if I need 1,500 calories, I'm only going to eat 800. I don't actually recommend that necessarily, at least not for a long period of time. I recommend when you do eat, eat till you're satiated. And so we're just eating less often. That's the key here with fasting and intermittent fasting strategies. We're still trying to eat a really good amount of calories. We're just picking that window. You we're take, just picking that window. If you're on window. a 1,500 calorie diet, we're basically saying is what I'm hearing is if it's an eight-hour window, it's eight hours. It's a four-hour yeah. window, four hours. It's That's when you have it in there. That's right. And you eat till you're satiated. Exactly. And that's that's super key. And so that, what that's going to do is going to tell – it's basically going to train your body using the vehicle example to be, in a sense, almost like an electrical car, but also at the same time get incredible performance. So you're going to be able to switch between burning sugar and burning fat so you're going to have that hybrid model. You might get 40 to 50 miles per gallon, but also actually have better performance than the Hummer that gets whatever, 15 miles per gallon. Okay, so that's the best of both worlds, better energy efficiency and better overall performance. So energy levels is number two. Energy, energy is very important. Exactly, yep. Hey, I just want to take a quick moment and tell you about my new book, The Fasting Transformation. I am so excited about this book. It is a functional guide to help you burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. Fasting is the most ancient form of natural medicine. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting improves your blood sugar and your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in your body, optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and helps activate stem cells and deep cellular healing. Guys, you're gonna learn so much from this book. You can check it out, The Fasting Transformation on Amazon or on our webpage, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. So check that out now. You guys are gonna love the book. And if you have a chance, leave a review on Amazon. Thanks so much. Number three thing is reducing inflammation. So we know chronic inflammation is underlying root cause of all degenerative diseases. So when we think about degenerative diseases, we think about things like heart disease, diabetes, cancer, um, neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's. We've got chronic pain, osteo, uh, osteoarthritis. We also have autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, Hashimoto's, thyroiditis, different conditions like that. So in the past 10, 10 years or so, we've seen an increase an in increase autoimmune in these, diseases yeah. and inflammation. Absolutely. And inflammation is the gateway to a lot of these chronic diseases as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yep. So fasting basically helps to regulate the immune system and downregulates what we call the inflammasome, uh, which is characterized by these genetic pathways like tumor necrosis factor alpha, nuclear factor kappa beta, these different interleukins and cytokines, and this whole inflammatory storm that the body creates. A lot of people ask me, why, if inflammation is so bad, why does our body produce you know, chronic inflammation. Well, number one, inflammation isn't bad. Inflammation is life-saving. And we know that systemic infections or infections that have got in our body and spread throughout our circulatory system have killed more people in the history of mankind than anything else. 
And so inflammation is our body's adaptation response to that. Inflammation prevents infections from killing us. If I get a cut on my finger, immediately I've got all these bacteria and pathogens that are getting into my bloodstream. And their one job is to break down decaying matter. That's all they're trying to do. My job is to not be decaying matter. And so by having a healthy immune response, I create inflammation to actually protect against these bacteria from killing me. Now, the problem is when we have chronic inflammation, inflammation should be short-term. And so it helps heal wounds, it helps to repair tissue that's damaged, but it should be for a short period of time. When we have this repeated cycle of inflammation, it ends up breaking down and degenerating our body. Fasting helps regulate and modulate or balance the inflammatory response. Based on what you're saying when it comes to inflammation, because we're, we're talking around our society that we've seen an increasing chronic inflammation, what Dr. Jock was saying here, longstanding. But inflammation actually is there to alert the body something's wrong, as you mentioned. It's called acute inflammation. It's typically 72 hours. It's 72 hours where you have a, a rush of these white blood cells and these cytokines coming in to rescue. But then when it goes past that period, that's when we get into the cellular yeah. damage. This is when we're breaking down tissue. This is when you have all of these pain receptor sites. And you know, unfortunately, a, a lot of conventional doctors who are there to, to do the best to help you, some of their only tools in their box are to use these non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and these NSAIDs. And we've seen some of the negative uh, effects, the deleterious effects. We know it's affecting our digestive system. We know it's affecting our immune system. We need a healthy immune system. So you know, one of the solutions was to shut down the immune system uh, there may be a time for that short term, but long-term strategy, absolutely not. Fasting will break that cycle almost amazingly right away. That's the most amazing thing yeah, about exactly. the fasting, just breaks it. When yeah. in doubt, fast. This is yeah. what we say, uh, this is the way I was trained in, in, in as an integrative physician. Uh, great example, Dr. Jockers, about inflammation. It's, it's becoming a huge problem, and we could talk all day about that. Yeah. We know there's Inflammation is caused by multifactorial, but I don't want to just demonize inflammation like the medical community's demonized cholesterol, okay? Not all cholesterol is created equal. That's a different conversation. But we have to understand that, that inflammation acutely is what our body needs. Chronic inflammation, we need better strategies. And yeah. fasting is one of the greatest strategies. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm, I'm a natural health advocate. Uh, I talk about superfoods and anti-inflammatory foods, just like a lot of other people do. But I tell people all the time, the act of eating itself actually produces inflammation. And so fasting is the most powerful nutritional strategy you can take to reduce inflammation is actually fasting. And so that's why it's so powerful. And you know, number the fourth benefit I want to go over is how it takes stress off the digestive system. This is so powerful because our, our gut lining is only one cell wall. So when we look at our skin, there's many different cells that protect our bloodstream from the outside environment through our skin. Whereas with our intestinal lining, it's literally one cell. It's almost like my fingers right here gripped together. And so when we're constantly eating and ha having food go through, it's very easy to damage the, that, those tight junctions between the intestinal cells and to open those up. And when we start to get these opened or intestinal permeability taking place, where we have these open gaps within the cells, now large food particles, bacteria, different pathogens can seep into the bloodstream and ramp up that inflammatory process. So by actually taking periods of time where we don't eat, 
we're able to regenerate that intestinal lining and close, tighten up those tight junctions. Isn't that exciting thing how the body yeah. can regenerate when you rest it? Very powerful. And, and what Dr. David's talking about right now is something that we've talked about for a while. It's leaky gut syndrome. And I'm glad yeah. you talked about the tight junctions and uh, gut dysbiosis and gut permeability. Just by allowing the digestive system to rest yeah. gives the opportunity to regenerate those tight junctions. Exactly. And that digestive system is so important because, you know, there's an old saying, you are what you eat. That's not true anymore. You are what you digest, absorb, and assimilate yes. at the cellular level. And by resting that digestive system by strategy of fasting will get you, your body's digestive system working optimally. Great yeah, point. exactly. And, and to go further on that, with all the digestive juices we do need to produce, okay, we know stress is the antagonist to good digestive juice production, meaning that the more stress we're under, the less we're going to be able to produce the stomach acid we need to break down protein, uh, to sterilize the food that's coming in, the less able we're, we're going to be producing bile, pancreatic enzymes, we're just not going to have effective digestion. Fasting actually helps to de-stress our system. We can then be able to better produce those digestive juices when we do consume food. So it's key for that. It also actually helps to thin out our microbiome. So believe it or not, when we're consistently eating food, we are actually causing a excessive fermentation in our gut and, and an overgrowth of whether it's bacteria, yeast organisms, parasites, different things like that. So by fasting, it's like pulling out weeds from our garden. So if we have a beautiful garden, a beautiful lawn, that's a great thing. But we all know if you're trying to plant you know, a lawn or a garden, there's gonna be a lot of weeds that pop up. It's the same thing with our gut. We wanna colonize our gut properly, and the food we eat does that. But even if we eat the best food possible, we're gonna get a lot of weeds that are gonna grow. Fasting is like helping trim the weeds naturally, gets rid of these things, and keeps our gut microbiome strong and, and hearty and, um, and balanced, well-balanced. So that really is powerful. the key. The research we're, we're finding out right now with the microbiome, there's a lot of research going on in the microbiome right now, is the key is, is the balance is what you're saying. Yeah. Is that we know that there's billions and billions of bacteria some good, most should be bad. It's pretty much reversed right now in our society. And the fasting in itself, because rest and digestive system, as Dr. David just mentioned right now, it's just de-weeding, just pulling out the wheat. Yeah. And Yeah, uh, it's so important. Yep. Absolutely. A great strategy. Yep. So the fifth benefit is stimulating cellular autophagy. And this is this term, autophagy, which basically means our body's ability to destroy its own cells or to recycle, break down old decaying cells and the organelles within the cells. So within each cell, we have all these different component parts. And so the body, it's good at breaking down older cells and then also not just that, but actually taking the, the compounds within the cell, breaking them down and then rebuilding new healthy organelles. So if we have dysfunctional mitochondria, the mitochondria produces energy within every cell. If we have a whole bunch of dysfunctional mitochondria within a cell, we're not going to be able to produce good energy. If we, if we can't produce good cellular energy, the cell itself is going to become toxic and deficient. It's going to actually accumulate toxins. We're going to have more genetic or DNA damage because we have less antioxidants. 
um, endogenously produced, produced within the cell. We can't protect the DNA from stresses of life. So the body actually starts to rebuild all these intracellular organelles, which is really powerful. Now, the other great thing about autophagy, and this, this happens when we're fasting, is that a lot of our cells are infected with things like viruses, okay? And there's a lot of links in the literature between viral infections and chronic diseases like cancer. So the best way our body actually gets rid of viruses, because viruses, in a, in a sense, they, um, we can't actually get rid of them. Like, like with bacteria, we can take antibiotics, mm-hmm. we can take antibacterial herbs like garlic or something like that, yep. and kill these things. We can kill parasites. We can't kill viruses by taking herbs. We can keep them dormant, which is a good thing, but we can't necessarily kill them. Whereas fasting, the body itself will get rid of viruses. When we go through periods of time without food, the body will have this process where it will take cells that are infected and we'll say, you know what? Let's get rid of these cells because it has this freed up energy. It will break down these cells, get rid of them. Now the virus doesn't have a, a home okay, and it will eliminate itself. Now we'll take the cellular components that were good, we'll actually reuse those to help form new healthy cells. And that's what's exciting about what you're talking about when uh, I find autophagy fascinating, uh, studying that in, in biology and cell sciences is that, uh, what you're saying, Dr. David, makes perfect sense because a lot of individuals are confused about viruses. You really can't kill a virus. You can inactivate a virus that, yep. and you stop the message at the RNA and DNA. And what's really interesting is that now we're finding out cancer is multifactorial, but we are seeing a lot of cancers happen and come to fruition because of certain viruses. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of research right now with cytomegalovirus, virus, and, and you know, we, we, we know that there's a lot of other viruses um, as well. And the, what a great strategy that we can use fasting to get into that terminology, autophagy, which is intracellular degradation, and now allowing new cells to regenerate and to communicate that are healthy cells. Great strategy, 100%. I love And the way I describe autophagy in, in layman's terms, it's like, if you can remember, Pac-Man. Pac-Man is just gobbling yeah. up, gobbling up. And that's pretty much the body's doing, gobbling up. And it's just getting rid of those bad cells and regenerating new ones. So that, that's yeah. really exciting about that. Yeah, exactly. And then, so then the sixth uh, benefit is it impairs genetic repair mechanisms. And this is similar to what I was talking about. But basically, it's more energy conservative for the body to repair a cell than it is to form a new cell. And so what the body will do is basically we have certain um, epigenetics. So epigenetics means when our, how our environment impacts our genes. So there's certain components when we're fasting or going time without food, we get this epigenetic uh, expression of the cells where they start to go in and repair these organelles, okay, and actually basically regenerate them and make stronger, healthier cells. A lot of people ask me, if I fast, will I lose muscle? And I say, you know what? When you fast, you'll lose the muscle you don't want. You'll actually build healthier muscle cells. And then when you do eat and you go back to training your body properly, you'll be stronger. You'll build healthier, more stress-resistant muscle cells, the muscle cells you really want in your body. And so this is this genetic repair mechanism. So super, super powerful from that perspective. That's a very powerful genetic expression and uh, repair. Um, Fascinating how it works at the cellular level with the genes. 
Yeah, and so the seventh benefit is the stimulation of stem cells and regenerative medicine, which I know you have a clinic that, you founded a clinic that was involved with this and is, is still involved with this. And so the regeneration of stem cells or basically stem cell medicine is growing really fast. A lot of people are seeing incredible breakthroughs with stem cells for repairing joints, whether they needed a hip replacement, but they ended up getting stem cell injections or knees or things like that. But stem cells are basically baby cells that um, can differentiate into forming new healthy cells and they're versatile. Okay. So meaning that they can produce a wide range of different cells. And so when we fast, we actually stimulate stem cells. In our gut, it only takes 24 hours of fasting before we start stimulating stem cells in our gut, according to MIT researchers. And so that means that we can regenerate that leaky gut. And that's why a lot of people with gut issues, if, you, if I can get them doing 24, maybe 36 hour fasts, things like that every week, we, get, we start to rebuild that, rebuild that, the gut, that lining gut lining, because, yes. You know, I'm so glad you, you're, you're mentioning the stem cells. Stem cells, as you mentioned, baby cells, naive cells, but a lot of individuals have to understand we're born with billions and billions of these stem cells. This is why you can see a young child get injured and they get well so yeah. quickly. But as we age, we start to lose these stem cells. And by the time you, I hate to say those individuals in their 60s and 70s, you probably have less than a thousand stem cells. But the great news is, is that just by utilizing the benefits of fasting, you can regenerate some of those stem cells. Absolutely. Um, and you know, regenerative medicine is really exciting uh, period right now in, in, in healthcare. And we can take individuals that are bone on bone and intra-articular inject that area with a qualified practitioner, and we get some really great results. But systemically, which we're talking about, one of the best ways um, besides having good nutrition is fasting to regenerate those stem cells. Yeah, exactly. And so the best research on stem cells is showing that roughly after 48 hours, you start ramping up stem cells. And, and something like a four to five day uh, water fast, you're gonna get the best benefit when it comes to stem cells. And so regenerative medicine is amazing, but it's quite expensive. And not everybody's gonna be able to access that. But everybody, can start practicing a fasting lifestyle and boost their own stem cells naturally. So that's the really great thing about that. Now, the eighth benefit is improving insulin sensitivity. And so insulin is this hormone that is what we call a fat storage hormone. Insulin has a very important role. It takes sugar out of the bloodstream, puts it into the cells. If we don't get rid of sugar in the bloodstream, if we don't get it into the cells, number one, we can't produce energy with it. Number two is high blood sugar is neurotoxic. I mean, you think about somebody with diabetic, uh, a diabetic who um, is uncontrolled, right? So they have really high blood sugar. The sugar molecules are binding to proteins, creating advanced glycolytic enzymes that damage the kidneys, the, the endothelial lining of the blood vessels, damaging the heart, right? Or the, the, the circulatory system. And also they damage the nerves, causing peripheral neuropathy, uh, retinopathy, different issues like that. And so the body has this mechanism with insulin to shunt the sugar into the cells to produce energy. But insulin, if it's high, if it's elevated, once it reaches a certain threshold and it goes above that and it stays above that for a period of time, it's also gonna amplify the inflammasome, meaning that it's going to turn on uh, inflammatory gene pathways in the body. So it's gonna increase inflammation. So if we're consistently eating lots of meals, and particularly meals that are higher in carbohydrates, 
we're going to be consistently increasing, causing these surges in insulin, which continually tells the body to create inflammation. We also start to get a blunting of the insulin receptor, meaning that the receptors on every cell that listen to the signal of insulin and let sugar in, they start to become blunted and less responsive. It's like trying to knock on a door, right? And let's say, you know, the person that's in there has got headphones on. They're not listening. So you got to knock harder and harder and harder in order to get the same message through. That's what happens with the cells. And so by creating better insulin sensitivity, you need less insulin produced when you do consume food, okay? And, and that way you don't hit that insulin threshold where you start to amplify these inflammatory pathways. And that's powerful. I'm so glad you mentioned insulin because insulin is such an important hormone um, for many functions because not only, as you said, it's very, very important uh, for lowering the glucose, but I, I, I give this example to a lot of individuals that I'm educating that if you have elevated glucose and the insulin is not functioning properly because insulin basically just unlocks the door for the cell to get in to create that cellular energy that we're discussing so much about. But I give this example when glucose is elevated and it's not getting into the cell. It's almost like having um, orange juice and you put it on a floor and you actually go barefoot and you walk on the orange juice and it's sticky. Well, guess what happens? That stickiness that you feel in the bottom of your feet, that's happening in your cell. It's called sticky, sticky cell, sticky, sticky protein. And this is why the endothelia, which is responsible for that nice nitric oxide going, nitric oxide and, and, and bringing in transport of oxygen uh, and other nutrients throughout the body becomes occluded. And this is where you get cardiovascular disease. Yeah. Uh, we have kidney disease. All of it becomes glycated and, and, and the body becomes sludge. Yeah. So one of the greatest strategies, and you know, there's there's uh, physicians that endocrinologists that that, uh, that are specializing in treating type two diabetes and type one. But I want to stay on type two for a moment. Uh, type two, okay, used to be called adult onset. Now we're having children, eighteen teenagers, getting yeah. type two diabetes. So really, it's it's a disease for all. It has to do with our food supply. Has to do with high fructose corn syrup and all of these high carbohydrates. But here's the key. If you were to use the strategy as Dr. Davis talking about, by just using intermittent fasting, whatever strategy that you decide to do, you're gonna lower that insulin level to become actually very sensitive. And there's a lot of research going on between 16, 18, 20 hours, but I'm seeing research that you're gonna lower as low as 90%, Dr. David, yeah. 90% that yeah. you can lower that insulin to become more receptive um, just by fasting 16 to 20 hours consistently. Yeah. That's exciting. There isn't a Very drug, exciting. there isn't a nutrient, there isn't an herb as powerful. And the best part about it, it's transformational, it's inexpensive, and it's powerful. This is what this yeah, exactly. fasting summit's it all about. It really is, right? And, and just kind of piggybacking on that, it also reduces, and this is really the, the ninth benefit, is it reduces your chronic disease risk. And so we talked about all these different degenerative diseases associated with insulin sensitivity and chronic inflammation. So obviously by reducing those things, by improving insulin sensitivity, and also by reducing inflammation, it's gonna reduce your risk of developing chronic disease. Powerful. Okay, then the 10th benefit is improving your relationship with food. You know, there's so many people out there that really have food addictions. And I think all of us at times 
have food addictions. I know for sure for myself, if I get started with sugar and I'm in a sense repeatedly eating sugar over several days, it's like I'm craving it. I just want something sweet, I have to have it. And so by taking time to periodically fast, all right, whether it's on a daily basis with intermittent fasting or whether it's saying, okay, you know what, I'm gonna take a one day or a three day period of time where I don't consume food, okay? It's a really great way to reset it's, your it's relationship. It's safe to say, Dr. David, that, that all of us suffer yeah. with, with these addictions when it comes to food or anything yes. of that matter. So it's powerful to break that cycle. I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. It really helps to reduce your cravings. And you just appreciate the food that you are consuming so much more when you're doing this intentionally and really doing it with the right mentality. So that's powerful. And then number 11 is improving mental health. When I'm fasting, my body is using ketones as a primary fuel source. I feel my most efficient, my most creative, my best work when I'm writing, uh, thoughts and ideas that I have comes when I'm fasted. After I eat dinner in the evening time, like, I, you know, I, my wife always asks me, do you need to work a little bit tonight? I'm like, I probably do, or I probably could, but my work isn't gonna be my best work, so I might as well not, you know? And so, and the reason why is that I'm well fed, okay? My ketones go down, I'm not as creative. When I'm fasting, my creativity is enhanced. In fact, a lot of the sages throughout history, Aristotle, Plato, they say things like Plato has this quote where he says, I fast for greater mental and physical efficiency. So people have been, have known that they produce their best work, that they think their best thoughts uh, when they're in a fasted state. And I've personally experienced that and many other people who have fasted would say the same. There's reports uh, from the beginning of time talking about that. We know that certain individuals have done spiritual fast to get yes. uh, a closer connection to God. And a lot has to do with our cognition as well. Yeah. And we're relying on the spiritual uh, and obviously creating that energy. And I think, what, as you mentioned before, with the ketone bodies uh, helping the, the brain function work more optimally. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. a great strategy and a great benefit. Yeah, and that, that takes us right into the 12th strategy, which is fasting helps improve our spiritual development and our intuition, okay? And so I'm a Christian, and so I, you know, I look at the Bible and I see many people that fasted, okay? In fact, Jesus fasted for 40 days. He talks about when you fast. He talks about prayer and fasting as the most powerful way to uh, most powerful healing strategy is prayer and fasting, right? So reshaping your mind, your spiritual walk, and then also fasting. I've heard other people say that an element of prayer and fasting is actually not just fasting from food, but also fasting in your thoughts, fasting from negativity and focusing your thoughts on one really powerful uh, idea or powerful concept or your connection with God. Right, And so just so powerful from that perspective that fasting can be. Now, if you're somebody out there and you don't have a spiritual walk, that's okay. Don't be you know, turned off by this. You might say it as something like intuition, okay? You know, so as a Christian, I would say, hey, I feel like I hear the Holy Spirit better when I'm fasting. If you don't have a spiritual walk, you might say something like, I feel like I'm just more in tune with my intuition. And there's great benefit to being in tuned to your intuition. You're gonna make better decisions with your life. You're gonna feel better. Um, you're gonna feel more confident in the direction that you're going. And as Christians or as people that have a spiritual walk, hey, if you're healing, healing from, hearing from the Holy Spirit and walking in that, you really feel confident and certain in the direction that you're taking. We live in a very uncertain world, a, um, you know, a, a world that's constantly bringing challenges our way. And so being able to hear from the Holy Spirit 
or having a well-tuned intuition can we, be a powerful source. We live on challenging times right now, in challenging times. And as, as Dr. David's talking about, regardless of where, what your spiritual beliefs are, as, as also a fellow Christian as well, uh, we, we respect every individual. But the reality is, since the beginning of recorded time, uh, there has been religious leaders talking about the benefits of fasting as uh, David just mentioned Jesus fasted for 40 days, 40 nights uh, because he was being tempted. He was getting closer uh, to his father, God. But ultimately, we've seen all different types of religions uh, talk about fasting. Uh, it's not only for Christians, it's for every human being. Yet if you're an atheist, agnostic, it doesn't really matter. But from a Christian perspective, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have is to abstain from eating food sources, not water. Obviously, Jesus did a water, not having water at all, which is pretty incredible, but yeah. uh, we don't recommend that, by the way. We recommend having water, uh, and, and Jesus had that fast for a different reason. But, but clearly, when you fast, okay, you're allowing your body and your mind and your spirit to, to not only rest, but to also be um, receptive to what God has in store for you. And regardless of what your spiritual beliefs are, this is a powerful time to reflect and to meditate and, and to allow the creativity, which, you know, David and I, we call the Holy Spirit is talking at us as well, whatever that is for you. So, you know, David, uh, you know, those are just great words of wisdom. Yeah. Uh, the 12 benefits. I just want to run by them very, very quickly. Number one, stimulates fat burning. Number two, improve energy level. Number three, reduce inflammation. We're living in this chronic inflammatory state. Number four, take stress off the digestive system. Very important. Number five, stimulate cellular autophagy, one of my favorite words in cell biology. Uh, number six, improve the genetic repair mechanisms at the cellular level. Number seven, stimulate stem cells. Very, very important to do that. Uh, number eight, improve insulin sensitivity, which is probably the key, the key, to combating type two diabetes. Number nine, reduce uh, chronic disease, which is at an all time high in the history of, of, of the United States right now and North America. Uh, number 10, um, improve relationship with food. Right now, we have all these different addictions to food and, and we're being challenged by many areas of, of food when it comes to fast food, any type of food. Okay, all of these fast foods, everything's about convenience, but is it convenient for the body's healing? No. Number 11, improve mental state. And number 12, we just talked about that spiritual uh, connection, that health intuition as well. Uh, these are great, great benefits you had, uh, Dr. David. Uh, any other final words of, of inspiration and wisdom for our listeners? Because you're just full of that. And I just want to thank you for yeah. being uh, instrumental in, in bringing the uh, Fasting uh, Transformational Summit. Uh, any other words of wisdom for our listeners? Yeah, I would say, you know, I... I, I I had this idea for the summit really through fasting, um, you know, just I just felt the Holy Spirit telling me this needs to get out. People need to be armed and equipped in order to, to improve their health. And fasting is one of the best strategies in order to do that. And uh, so I hope that you've gotten so much out of this interview and the interviews in this summit. And I want to remind you that fasting, when I really break it down into just a, a simple sentence, it has the ability to unlock the dormant healing potential within your body. It is safe, it's powerful, and it just might transform your life. So give it a shot and try. And just remember, think of it like exercise. It's not meant to be comfortable when you first get started. It's going to be uncomfortable. 
that's okay. Lean into it, okay? You don't have to be dogmatic. If your goal is to do a 16-hour fast and you break it at 14 hours, it's okay. You did 14 hours. That's fine. That's great, okay? Use the strategies we talk about throughout this summit uh, in the Fasting Transformation Quick Start Guide. I go through a lot of different things. If you do that, you will have success. You just got to keep the right mentality about it. And then you just train your fasting muscle. And over time, you'll be applying the fasting lifestyle. I believe that you'll see amazing results with it. And there you have it. Thank you, Dr. David Jockers. Hi, I'm Dr. Gezagoli here at the Fasting Trans Transformational Summit. Stay tuned for more great interviews coming by. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time here at the Fasting Transformational Summit. Well, that's all for this show. And I wanna thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you wanna dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.